the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Markets hit record highs. Woohoo! Do you feel rich? Do you feel richer? How do you feel? Now, I could say that 7 out of 10 years, and this could be a generic show. I could be on vacation right now, and we're replaying a best of from last year. Or the year before. Or the year before. Or the year before. I know this is a mind trip, right? It's an old Jedi mind trick. Is he there? Is he not there? Is he on vacation? Markets hit record highs. Divorce is making an American family 66% bigger. Let's think about that for a second. Step families can make it harder to stay close. The holiday season, many Americans uh, get together. And who gets the kids? Uh, what do you call your stepmother's son's live-in girlfriend's 11-year-old son? Okay, what do you call your stepmother's son's live-in girlfriend's 11-year-old son? I don't know. So divorce is causing families to get bigger. It's causing labels to get bigger. It's causing budgets to fund retirement need to get bigger. When you divorce and you're paying two rents instead of one, two mortgages instead of one, there's not a lot of efficiencies. There's some efficiencies in getting married. And sometimes that can be blown because you go from like maybe a one-bedroom shared apartment with a roommate to let's get a house or let's get a bigger house or let's you know not have two roommates let's just have one wife or spouse or lover or girlfriend whatever i don't know so family structures are getting more and more complicated right the proliferation of stepchildren half siblings extended relationships has critically important implications on american families Almost a third of U.S. households headed by adults under the age of 55 have at least one step-parent. Wow. Uh, Couples over age 55 who have adult children, 33% have a -a step-child. These step relationships can stretch both size and, again, definition of family. A lot of research has been done on married and unmarried cohabiting couples, counting stepchildren and All of this is boosting the total number of adult kids by 66%. The rise of divorce and remarriage is driving the growth in family size. Over the last two decades, the divorce rate has doubled for older Americans. Almost 30% of people over 50 have been married more than once. About 40% of older Americans with children and stepfamilies. So let's say I'm wealthy. And... I get a divorce, and I'm still wealthy. And I remarry, and her family is dirt poor. Do I have an obligation 
I already had wealth coming into the relationship. Do I have an obligation to spend that wealth on supporting her family? Definitions of, of marriage, are, it's really confusing for a lot of people. Um, let's say I remarry a woman who's got a son. Should I be paying for that kid's vacation? Because I guess, I think you take on that duty, right? Should I be paying for his college? Or should I say, oh, let his, let his father do that, his biological father versus, you know, I'm, I'm just a stepdad. I know a guy who married a woman in L.A., and out of the gate, he's like, that kid, she, she was a single mom. She goes, that kid's not mine. He'll never be mine. And then he didn't have a job for four years, and he's like, my son, my son, I love my son. Because he didn't have a job for four years, he's starting to grab onto things that will get the grandparents and the wife to keep them. Families are getting more and more complex. We need to think about this. Stepkids could end up with more elderly parents to take care of. If the dad divorces at 55 or 60, and he's got, you know, kids. If he divorces at 35 and he remarries someone 10 years younger, it gets complicated. Now, a lot of stepfamilies are quite close, and many traditional families never get along. I'm not saying stepfamilies are bad. I'm just saying this is something people don't talk about, in my opinion. Anyhow, and anyway, is this a best of? Is it not? Is he there? Is he not? I'm a goof, aren't I? Um, there's a company called CSX, which is a train company, right? And they're probably the greatest train company there is, in my opinion. But their CEO died. One day... He said, I'm going to take off for medical leave. And he was dead two days later. Now, did the company do the right thing? No one knows who his replacement is going to be. He died Saturday, unexpectedly, of severe complications from a recent illness. The company had been turning around since being hired. Um, Great CEO. But we know another CEO who died while you know, in office, but before he died, he made sure everyone knew who his successor was going to be. Steve Jobs from Apple. He battled pancreatic cancer before his death in 2011. Um, so if the CEO, COO, CMO, CFO, if a top leader has a heart attack, should we start thinking, how do we replace this person? Because the company is a publicly traded company. So a publicly traded company means you're an owner. Now, if you own Apple, you can't go into Apple stores and fire people. Because you only own one five hundred millionth of it, um, <clears throat> you get the idea. One share out of five hundred million, you can't do it. You can't go in and say you're fired. But Apple did the right thing by setting up a very clear: our CEO is sick. We have someone in place. Kind of message. Um, as a publicly traded company, it brings up a philosophical argument in my opinion, of how ready do they have to be for a worst-case scenario? God, that's a good question, right? Like, I could even scratch my own head. 2017 was the year of the wildfire. Uh, Areas like Santa Rosa, hundreds of homes burned down, thousands of homes. Well, I should say hundreds. Um, And then you see it hit southern L.A. and like, uh, southern out. Well, Santa Rosa is pretty close to home. It hit Southern California, and you're like, ah, it's Southern California. We don't care about that. I bet no one is. It's just concrete down there. They use all of our water anyway. 
And then it hits like Santa Barbara, like, hey, I vacation there. And if Oprah's house can burn down, your house can burn down. So how rude of it is me? Of, is it of me to criticize a company like CSX that they didn't have an emergency plan in place where my house could burn down at any point in time? I live under trees. So we all should have an emergency plan. It's part of a good financial plan. We all should have an emergency fund of money. But we also should have six months of an emergency fund, but we also should have an emergency plan. Where do you meet if there's an earthquake? Where do you meet? Oh, yeah, we do live in earthquake country. And every now and then, every 30 or so years, it's a big one. And guess what? We haven't had one in 30 years. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. It's going to be the week where we really focus on the tax Trump plan. Is it, do we call it the tax Trump plan when it's really Congress is putting it together? But Trump and real estate investors are going to get a last-minute perk in the tax bill. And this is interesting because Senator Corker, who dropped opposition, said he wasn't aware of the change. And yet, we think it's going to get through. Lawmakers are scrambling to lock up Republican support for the tax reform bill. Added a complicated provision late in the process, one that would provide a multi-million dollar windfall to real estate investors such as Donald Trump. The change, which would allow real estate businesses to take advantage of new tax break that plan for partnership limited liability corporations, other so-called pass-through businesses. It combined elements of the House and Senate legislation in a new way. Its beneficiaries are clear. They include a president who said the tax legislation would help him financially. This last-minute provision will significantly benefit the ultra-wealthy real estate investor, including the president and lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, resulting in timely tax reduction gift for the holidays. Ordinary people who Invest in rental real estate will also have benefits. Um, the revision might also bring tax benefits to several members of Congress. So Bob Corker of Tennessee, who voted against an earlier version of the legislation, said on Friday that he would support the revised legislation. But he was interviewed on Saturday about his change of heart, and he said it has nothing to do with the real estate investor's angle. Uh, he went as far as to say he didn't even know it was in there. And yet he is supporting this tax bill. Oh, good God. Uh, Now, last week, Trump said the tax bill would hurt him personally. This week, it's a different story. Um, If you look at Trump's businesses, many of Trump's most lucrative businesses generate income from rents and leases. Trump Tower in Manhattan is an obvious, with offices and retail stores as well as condominiums generating $14 million of net operating income on $33 million of revenue in 2016. So... A last-minute change to the tax bill, which combined with a capital investment approach that the House favored with its tax cut uh, mechanism, would in fact free up a 20% deduction on pass-through business income that would have been off-limits to many real estate firms under the Senate bill. This is politics, man. It's like sausage-making, right? It's not pretty. Washington's made things worse. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, get a little financial planning opinion from Mr. Burton in a quick segment, potentially. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. You can also find him here on this radio station, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton, 1 to 2, Monday through Fridays here on KDOW 1220. So let's talk annuities. With bond rates still very low, 
annuity sales are rapidly increasing and being sold as bond alternatives. Good idea, bad idea. Who should consider this? Well, if you're, you know, approaching retirement, let's say you're 55 uh, in retirement up to about age 75. And I'm not talking about tax-free bonds in your taxable accounts, but bond allocations for your retirement accounts. There are some decent bond alternatives um, that are out there. The problem is, is that all the areas that I see where annuity sales are rapidly increasing are all these commission-based brokers sold where people get their money tied up for like seven to 10 years. And the only time that these are really good alternatives, Rob, is when their guaranteed lifetime income is better than potential bond income and the return that you can get is better potential than current bond environment. Okay. So, so what would that number be? Like 3% guaranteed? 4 to 5%. Okay. Four to so five. 4 to 5%. So once the 10-year treasury hits about 45 to 5%, you might change your mind and want out of these products. Okay. And you have to have the flexibility to do that. And most products don't allow that. Okay. So explain a guaranteed life withdrawal benefit. Yeah. G- GLWB is what they... It's almost every company uses that on their brochures as GLWB, right? Guaranteed lifetime withdrawal benefit. I want to cry. That's intimidating. So it's essentially, it's longevity insurance. When people want to pull four or 5% of their portfolio, you know, those numbers were created in the nineties when rates on bonds were much higher and people didn't live as long. Right. So what if you do live till you're a hundred, 120, like some people actually have, what happens is if you have a, a portfolio, whether it's in an indexed type of a product or a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds, what they say is, let's say you run out of money, the portfolio is drawn down to zero at age 80 and you still have 25 years to live. The insurance company then kicks in and starts paying you for the rest of your life as long as you live, even though your portfolio is at zero. There's some people thinking that we are going to be modifying modifying genetics in the next 10 years and we may live a lot longer. Right. What do you think is going to happen in the insurance industry if things like that play out? What's interesting is your rates would actually go down. The longer that people live, the more period of time that they're paying premiums in. Yeah. Um, and they, they just build up a portfolio of conservative bonds to support all of their policies. So when people live longer, <clears throat> they pay premiums for a higher, a longer period of time and your rates could actually go down. So how are the returns calculated in these income annuities? Like how, how are they knowing they can't afford to be wrong? Yeah. Well, and essentially what they're insuring too is, is a very low risk, right? Because there hasn't been a 10 year period in our history, even from 97 or 98 to 2008 or 99 to 2009, where a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds has lost money. So the risk is actually quite low, but what these things do is say, okay, since my income for life is higher than bonds, it'll allow me to take my bond money and take a little bit more aggressive approach with it. So the returns are either in the index to form where they say, okay, you can get a certain amount of the upside of the S&P 500. So if the S&P 500 does like 20%, you might get five. So you get a cap of the okay. movement of the S&P 500. No dividends, and just that's a, a bad cap. thing, right? No, it's better than bonds right now. Okay. Because bonds pay three. All you need is a couple of years of good market, average market returns right. to beat three to five years worth of a bond fund or a CD rate. But what if the market goes up 30% and you're capped at 6%? Well, you're not comparing it to a stock portfolio. You're comparing it to bonds. Okay. So it's never going to beat the stock market in the long run. It's a bond alternative. Okay, but you see where my mind goes. Yeah, because you're thinking of in terms of stocks. It's not a wealth-building tool for young people. Mm, You caught me. So um, the annuities are horrible for young people. Um, 
So you can have an index return where it's a cap rate. So if the market goes up 20%, you might get five. Market goes down 20%, you just get zero that year. Um, or you can have an insured portfolio. We have a, a mix of stocks and bonds. And an insurance company will say, if this portfolio ever goes to zero, we'll kick in and continue the 4 to 5% for life, whatever age you are. Um, variable annuities, unless you already have one, are because of these new insured portfolio options, or it's an annuity without being an annuity contract, um, you don't really need variable annuities anymore. So you should get out of those. If you have one, email it to me, and I'll tell you what the fees are and how much you could save by, by getting out of it. Briefly, how are beneficiaries taxed on annuities? Well, that's the thing is that, you know, if it's an IRA, if you used IRA money to buy the annuity, they can roll it into an inherited IRA. But this is why you don't use taxable money for annuities, because if you die with an annuity in a taxable account or a non-qualified account, your heirs pay the taxes at their bracket, Gotcha. where you could have pulled some of the money out and you might be, you know, 80 years old and only at 15% bracket. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I'm writing a quick note to my TV producers. I'm really busy right now. That's right, Jack. <laughs> Sorry. It's interesting. You have deadlines that you have to work with. I'm very important. Uh, wait, wait. So let me explain how, how this works. So I do three stories every day on Cron, and then I do a viewer email. And the first story is going to be all about the tax, uh, about the markets at highs. Um, third, second story is all going to be about the tax plans. And the third story is going to be all about uh, Star Wars. Now, that seems pretty obvious, but in TV, you have to let everyone know everything you're going to do. It's very well, it's a well-crafted dance, is right the way of saying that. And in this case, the tax plan that I want to talk about is complicated. So, saying, you know, the markets are at record highs across the world today. And then I... You know, I'm like, what else can I add in there? There's five major acquisitions today. What else can I add in there? Uh, well, my second story is going to be all about the tax plan and the ramifications of how the tax plan is going to play out and what that means for you and me and the winners and losers of it all. So for me, I want to make the visual very simple for the audience. The winner, President Trump and his family in the tax plan, big corporations, multimillionaires, private equity managers, private schools. Um... Liquor business, architects and engineers, tax accountants and lawyers, individual taxpayers, um, the elderly are losers, the low-income families are losers, owner of high-end homes are losers, people in high-property tax, high-income states, uh, Puerto Rico, and the IRS. The IRS has been underfunded for so many years. A lot of backstabbing in the news game. I mean, you have to watch your back. So, um, you, I think in TV, it's a very visual thing. So if you start talking about who the winners are, President Trump, big corporations, multimillionaires, private equity managers, private schools, liquor business, architects and engineers, tax accountants, lawyers. Losers are people buying health insurance. Uh, when you start doing that, people get lost in the details. Now, the details to me aren't that difficult to throw out there when you see them. So President Trump is a big winner in the new tax plan. A lot of industries are going to benefit from the Republican tax overhaul. 
none more dramatically than people who have made money in commercial real estate. Mr. Trump, along with his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who is part owner of his real estate firm, are going to benefit from lower taxes on so-called pass-through income, which is money earned by partnerships and other types of businesses, who income is passed through to its owner and taxed at individual tax rate. So big corporations cutting the tax rate from 35 to 21%. Um, a lot of multinational companies have accumulated nearly $3 trillion in offshore money as well, and they're going to be allowed to repatriate that at a lower tax rate rate. So as they bring that money home, it'll be taxed somewhere between 8 and 15.5%. That's far lower than 35% corporate rate tax now. Who else are winners? Multimillionaires. An exemption for states that owe what Republicans call the death tax was lifted to 22 million from 11 million. Now that doesn't much matter to people like Charles Koch, who's a billionaire, but it means a big tax cut for people with estates worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, private equity managers. Donald Trump railed against wealthy investment managers who, thanks to the so-called carried interest loophole, pay taxes on the majority of their pay at a lower capital gains rate. Um, other winners, private schools. Parents would be eligible to use a you know, tax-preferred savings plan known as a 529 plan to save for their children's elementary and secondary education. Right now, those savings plans are only eligible for college, but they would be expanded to allow for up to $10,000 a year for private tuition <clears throat> and religious schools. Liquor business is going to be a big winner. Right now, excise taxes for small brewers and distillers are reduced in the final agreement. Again, we don't know if this all gets through. Those industries are dominated by the entrepreneurial small business um, that often are based in rural areas. Architects and engineers are going to do well. Um, how will they benefit from the new pass-through provision if they structure their business a certain way? Um, who else would win? Tax accountants and lawyers. Um, Man, trying to... Steve Forbes once talked about a flat rate tax. And he said, we could eliminate the IRS. We could save the country billions of dollars by eliminating the IRS. Put a lot of accountants out of business, too, right? My taxes are crazy. Trump once called it a dream to put the tax preparation services out of business by simplifying the tax code. And this is just going to make it worse. So tax preparers are sure to see a boom, a boom, a boom, boom, boom in business advising clients on how to restructure uh, their employment and compensation arrangements to take advantage of lower tax rates. Losers, um, people who buy health insurance in the tax plan. With the repeal of the individual mandate, some people who currently buy health insurance because they're required by law to do so um, will go without it. Healthier people are more likely to drop their insurance, leaving insurers stuck with the people who are older and ailing. That makes the average insurance premium on the individual market go up by about 10%. Um, all told, it's expected about 13 million fewer Americans are projected to have health coverage. But, you know, these are all projections right now. Who else is a big loser in the tax plan? Um, individual taxpayers stay under the $1.5 trillion limit for new deficits uh, set by the lawmakers. They opted to make the cuts for individuals and families temporary, expiring at the end of 2025, even as the corporate tax cuts will be permanent. Republicans are counting on a future Congress to extend the lower rate as has happened in the past, because in 2025, um, tax rates will go back up, and you'll vote for the person maybe who say, will say, well, I'm not going to let them go back up. I'm going to keep them as they are. That's the thought. A uh, big loser in the new tax plan is the elderly, old people. Now, you're darn tooting old people, like 
Uh, what are they going to do to him? <laughs> That's my buddy. So he uh, cleans the, the floors at KDOW. The elderly are going to be big losers. Um, a 2010 law requires that any legislation that adds to the federal deficit be paid by spending cuts, increases in revenue, or other offsets. Some of those cuts would be automatic. The biggest program to be affected is Medicare. The health insurance program for the elderly. Dozens of other programs are likely to be cut as well, but Medicare, which would face a 4% cut, is by far the biggest. Um, now, Republicans say that rule will be waived, and it'll have bipartisan support. But there's a lot of, like, well, in 2025, the rule goes back. Oh, by the way, uh, there's going to be a mandatory 4% cut in uh, Medicare. But we as a group have to say that we're going to waive it. Look, this is a country that has too many people in it. This is a country that has too many elderly people on uh, government-assisted programs. This is a country that has too many poor people on government-assisted programs. And how do you pay for it all? Lowering taxes on corporations and individuals and hope that that spinning growth is enough of a tax spinoff to fund these programs still? No, because in the deal it says we're going to cut Medicare 4% unless we agree not to cut it. Does that even make sense? It's almost like the Patriots of the Steelers saying, we agree we're not going to really play football for 58 minutes, and then we're going to play the last two minutes like we really want to win. And we'll let, you, we'll let you win for the first 58 minutes if you let us win in the last two. Like, this tax plan makes no sense at times. Uh, other losers in the tax plan, low-income families. Um, low-income families who claim the earned income tax credit will lose out on $19 billion over the coming decade. A uh, new requirement that families claiming the child tax credit provide a Social Security number is projected to mean a big reduction in families claiming it, since those who are not in the United States legally would be prohibited, even if their children were born in the United States. Owners of high-end homes would be affected. Um, under the current law, the interest on mortgages for first and second homes is deductible for the first million. The overall would cut that to the first 750000 and eliminate the owner's ability in the current law to deduct in the interest on the home equity loans of up to 100000 This could drive down home prices in some high-end markets. Good for prospective buyers, but bad for prospective sellers. Who else would be hurt? If you're in a high-income state, homeowners in um, New York, New Jersey, California would be big losers. They particularly... Will have uh, you know they have high property taxes. Their ability to deduct their local property tax and state and local income taxes from their federal tax bills now capped at ten thousand. In some cases, that could be offset by lower tax rates on their income. The IRS is going to get hurt in this deal because they don't have the staff. They've been underfunded, and there's going to be a, a raft of new laws. Puerto Rico is looking to, for an exemption from some new taxes because they have a frail economy, and they get no forgiveness here. It's interesting trying to figure this out. It almost makes your head hurt, or maybe I just have a cold. I'm Rob Black, talking all things investing, financial, monies, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Don't forget, i got a big new event coming up January 11th, 630 to 830 in Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Stock markets are hitting record highs around the world today. Global markets 
Expectations that a U.S. tax bill could soon pass. Really more cautious reading the draft's laws prospects amongst currency traders put the dollar under pressure. So what's good for growth may come out of the cost of debt. That cost of debt creates a situation of a weaker dollar. In the U.S., we have this wonderful gift, as every country does, of we need a billion dollars for roads. Should we just tax people and bring up the money? Or should we just print the money and let our kids worry about it in the future? And the U.S., sadly, we do the latter. It is what it is. I'm not going to get upset by it. I'm not going to, you know, freak out in any way, shape, or form. Star Wars, the new movie, came out this weekend and had a big effect for Disney. Um, once again, The Last Jedi. We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be there. But it earned an estimated $220 million, second best domestic opening ever, behind only The Force Awakens. I saw it. I liked it. Reviews mostly like it. I hear there's some debate amongst Star Wars fans of whether it was good or not, whether it was great or not, whether it was good enough, whether it was great enough. But the movie also did well internationally. And... There's, um, let's just put it this way, there's a lot of people that look like a lot of different people from around the world in the movie. So Disney has kind of homogenized um, a lot of the way they approach movies because they don't want to flop. Uh, More and more as they take chances and they sometimes don't work out, they're like, well, we can only really produce 36 films a year or whatever it is going to be, depending on how many studios are left standing in the end. They're going to say, let's go the safest route, and let's do a Fast and Furious where we have people of every color in the movie. Let's do a a Disney film where, you know, we represent different countries. You're going to see that again and again and again. So The Force Awakens, $247 I would imagine that Star Wars Last Jedi could have done closer to that had they not done a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, had they just made it 90 or 100 minutes. But it was a long movie. As Disney had hoped, the performance of The Last Jedi is by far the best of any movie at the box office in 2017. Beating out, that's right, their own movie this year, Beauty and the Beast. <clears throat> and it really only trails The Force Awakens and all-time records. So, um, how much will it eventually get? It, it won't catch um, The Force Awakens. It's not possible because it's too long of a film. The movie took in an estimated $45 million in uh, previews. Um... I'm not going to go on this. Next week, they have no competition. The only movie that's really major competition next week is Pitch Perfect 3. And I guess that's a chick flick, or maybe The Last Jedi is a dude flick. I don't know. So, um, But The Last Jedi did pull in $230 million internationally. $450 million. And Disney stock is up way, 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 way. Nope. Disney stock is up nothing. One of those situations where, yeah, I guess you, you knew that was going to happen. It was built in. Hershey's getting skinny. Don't eat that Hershey bar. It'll make you fat. Hershey said today that they've reached a deal to acquire the maker of Skinny Pop popcorn, Tyrell Chips, and other snack brands. Hershey's going to pay $920 million to buy Amplify snack brands. Uh, the acquisition of Amplify and its products portfolio is an important step in the journey to becoming an innovative snacking powerhouse. 
Um, and it gives them some scale in a key sub-segment of the warehouse snack aisle. A lot of consumers are trending towards more natural foods and ingredients, prompting packaged food companies like Hershey to panic and to pivot. I think that's an interesting story of the day, in my opinion. January effect. We look at it as what's happening at the end of the year. January effect used to be a reliable way for traders to turn a quick buck because a lot of 401k money reset, a lot of budget flush resets at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year. It's a tendency of stocks of the smallest companies to outperform those of the largest firms over the last part of the December and the first part of January. Traders of the years have used different dates for entering and exiting. A lot of smaller investors like smaller companies. They think that they represent sexier opportunities. The track record of a hedging strategy you know, for this three-week of period of time where a lot of people take two to three weeks off. Um, it was a strategy that didn't always work in the 1980s and early 1990s. It did more often than it not, but it didn't always work. So I have to always throw that out there, like, don't look for too good to be true. The late Harry Brown, the former investment newsletter editor and one-time Libertarian Party candidate, constantly reminded us that almost nothing turns out as expected. Investment advisors with records of phenomenal success fail to deliver when your money's on the line. So your New Year's resolution is to be, should be to do something along the lines of don't try to look for an easy home run in a scheme in my opinion. So the Trump tax plan seems to be, looks like it's going to pass by the end of the week, uh, pre-Christmas. And oh my gosh, seven days until Christmas. Have you got your buying and selling done yet? So you still have plenty of time, but it's out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Find me online at 800-516-1220 to call or find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.